Let's bring in our panel. We're ready to discuss streaming. It's been a very hot topic of late. Michael Pachter is with us, Managing Director, Equity Research Analyst, Wedbush Securities, and Dan Rayburn, Principal Analyst at Frost & Sullivan. Thank you both for being with us. Michael, I'll start with you. Obviously, we've had some big news on Netflix, right? And now pushing forward with that slate, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda. Um, what is it, you have an underperform rating that you've reiterated, Michael. Tell me why you've underperformed this one. Uh, first, I want to say that everything I ever learned about streaming, I learned from Dan Rayburn. So good to see you, Dan. Um, good to see you. Thank my underperform you. is solely based on valuation. It's not a, a reflection of Netflix's execution. It's a great company. Um, they have a massive lead over everybody, and they're going to retain it. I just think that investors have overestimated how big they can grow and how much uh, pricing power they have. So I think in order to justify the current share price, you'd have to pretty much double their their monthly charge, their monthly subscription price, and you'd have to pretty much come close to doubling their subscribers. And while I think the latter is possible, that they could probably grow you know, by another couple of hundred million subscribers, I can't see how they can have any pricing power in a context of you know Disney charging under ten bucks. I I just don't see that they're ever going to get to much higher than you know seventeen, eighteen, twenty dollars a month. And you know the higher they go, obviously, the more limited they are in, in their ability to penetrate. Buying content is great. Um, the Raul Dahl Library is great. Um, pretty much all of the things that he's written have been made into movies, but. There's opportunity to do spinoff television series, so I think you know, especially children's right. stuff. So I think it's a really good acquisition, and the price actually seems pretty reasonable. And you mentioned Disney, Michael. So Dan, as I turn it to you, I know you have some thoughts on Roku, but first, give me your thoughts on Disney Plus, which obviously took our nation by storm. Right? People signed up so quickly for Disney Plus. They probably have Netflix and Disney to try and make the parents happy and the kids happy. What are your thoughts on the streaming group, Dan? Well, yeah, so good to see you again. Let's break down these numbers. So the market reacted this week when Disney talked about low single digit millions of subscribers for fiscal Q3. But keep in mind, they told us last quarter they were gonna have slower net ads for the second half of this year. And it makes sense because it's largely due to the COVID related suspension of IPL. They moved the star in Latin American launch into the fourth quarter. But Disney still has 61 new movies and 17 series in production. And, and Disney TV Group has hundreds of programs in production. So uh, I'm not surprised the market reacted a, a little knee-jerk reaction, but they've, they've made up almost the $8 that they lost from a few days ago. And Disney is still projecting to have 230 to 260 million paid subs by the end of 2024. So to Michael's point, I think the key here is how quickly can these services grow subscribers when there's just so much competition in the market? That's really the problem they're gonna have. Yeah, growing subscribers and ads, right? I mean, Comcast talked about ads. I mean, this is something that ads are spread thin aren't they, Michael? I mean, that's another area. I mean, you could talk about different ones that you like within the group, because I know you have a few outperforms and buys that you want to talk about. But I also think about the ad revenue, how important that is. Well, linear broadcast was the outlet for advertisers for you know the, the past 60 or 70 years. 
and uh, people are just kind of weaning off of linear broadcast television and going to over the top. And obviously, there's there are over the top streaming services like Tubi and and Fubo that you can watch and and you'll get you know live TV or you'll get archive TV and it's ad supported. Crackle, I mean, there's tons of them. Um, but really, they have to follow the eyeballs, and the eyeballs that are going to Netflix aren't ad supported. So if if an advertiser wants to reach a consumer where that consumer is, they're either going to go to video games or they're going to go to over the top streaming. And I think that the services that capitalize on that are the ones that are going to benefit the most. So Roku is a top pick, Fubo a top pick. I think these guys actually win. I really like Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. I don't cover them; they're a little too small for me. But if you're looking for a microcap that's an interesting story and a really well-run company, that's one I would take a look at. Mm. Hmm. I wonder if they'll be bought, right? Sometimes you start to see if someone like you says it's interesting, somebody else must think it's interesting too. We'll watch that story develop, if any. Dan, as we look at this group, you know, and Michael's telling us Roku and Fubo um, outperforms there. He's talking about OTT. Um, could you expand it out a little bit? I know you covered so many of these names in your notes today. Viacom, AT&T, Roku, just to name a few, HBO. Sure. So I'm tracking over 100 OTT services just in the U.S. and over 1,000 globally. That includes niche services as well. But as an investor, uh, what what the street should really be looking at here is not just growth of subs, but also profitability, right? And ARPU. And look what happened with Disney's Plus ARPU, right? It dropped by over a dollar year over year because they were cutting so many pricing deals. Well, Viacom CBS just announced a new bundle of Paramount Plus with Showtime for $10 a month. And then HBO, or I should say Warner Media, came out. They offered a 50% discount um, for $7.49 for HBO Max through September 26. But to Michael's point on the AVOD, the Advertising Video on Demand, it's also interesting to see more of these traditional SVOD services that didn't have advertising now adding advertising. So we have the HBO Max lower tier product, so to speak, that has advertising. Obviously, Paramount Plus has advertising in it. Discovery Plus has advertising. So. We're moving to a hybrid model in the market for a lot of services where it's subscription, but advertising. And there is no one winner. There's multiple winners in this space, depending on what we want to watch and how much money we want to spend. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. I I think, Michael and Dan, we could have a whole hour show on this because it's such an exciting topic as people have really come to new habits of just streaming everything, binge watching everything. I mean, I think people still want to go to the theater sometimes and get some popcorn with friends, but um, it really is the new way. I look forward to chatting again. Thank you both very, very much, Michael and Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Michael Pachter, Managing Director, Equity Research Analyst at Wedbush Securities, and Dan Rayburn, Principal Analyst at Frost & Sullivan.